Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Your Xbox Game Pass just got more expensive. For July 7th, 2023, this is Let's Play Daily Gaming News. Hey, what's going on? My name's Nate Bender, and welcome to Let's Play, a daily gaming news podcast where we run down everything you need to know from the gaming world in about five minutes. Coming up, the Tokyo Broadcast System establishes a new gaming division. We finally figure out how Pokemon Sleep works, and we'll check out the admittedly short week that was in video game news with the Friday Replay. Yesterday, Microsoft announced and pushed out their price increases for Xbox Game Pass. Luckily for those who just subscribed to the PC version of Game Pass, the $10 monthly price is not changing. However, the other Game Pass subs will jump up $2, with the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate hitting $17 a month and Xbox Game Pass for consoles hitting $12 a month. If you have an active Game Pass sub, this price hike will not go into effect until August 13th. Also, if you subscribe annually, the new prices will not go into effect until you renew your subscription. Along with the Game Pass price hikes, Microsoft also announced price hikes for the Xbox Series X for most of the world. So on August 1st, everyone around the world except the US and Japan can expect to spend 50 to 70 extra dollars to get an Xbox Series X. Xbox's head of communications, Kerry Perez, attributed these price hikes to Microsoft updating their prices to, quote, reflect the competitive conditions in each market, meaning Microsoft is raising prices because Sony raised prices on PlayStation Plus subscriptions and the PlayStation 5 last year. Overall, the Xbox Game Pass price hike might seem like an insignificant $2 increase. However, in this day and age with subscription bloat, that extra $2 adds up quickly when you're paying for a litany of other subscriptions. Though Xbox Game Pass is still a pretty good offer for budget PC gaming and is a cheap way to test out Microsoft's first-party games before you sink $60 to $70 into them. So there are still some redeeming factors to Xbox Game Pass despite this price hike. 
Yes, no, not the Turner Broadcasting Station, but the Tokyo Broadcasting System announced yesterday that they were forming TBS Games, which is TBS's new standalone game studio. TBS Games looks to be taking IPs such as Takeshi's Castle, Food Battle Club, and Sasuke, and making them into video games. The last one, Sasuke, is the Japanese predecessor to the U.S.'s American Ninja Warrior game show. The Tokyo Broadcasting System has a wide range of anime IPs dating all the way back into the 60s to choose from as well. TBS Games' announcement continues to outline that they will be developing these games for all platforms, including arcade, card, and board games, and is seemingly looking to release these games internationally. Overall, this is, to my knowledge, the first time a traditional media company has actually spun up their own game studio, so it'll be fascinating to see what TBS Games offers us in the coming years. The Pokemon Company released their final trailer for Pokemon Sleep ahead of its July 14th release. This final trailer, though, gave us a rundown on how Pokemon Sleep actually works. First of all, Pokemon Sleep is a basic sleep monitoring application which collects data on your sleeping habits. It monitors your sleep through your phone's microphone and motion control sensors, all of which requires you to sleep with your phone screen down next to your pillow to gather the data. Or you pick up the Pokemon Go Plus Plus device that you can wear like a smartwatch. Getting into the Pokemon side of things, Pokemon Sleep's main focus is to fill out your sleep decks with every type of sleeping Pokemon. So the longer and better you sleep, the more Pokemon you attract and are able to document their sleeping behaviors. It seems like some Pokemon will have multiple sleeping behaviors, with the trailer depicting Pikachu in several different sleep behaviors, from curled up sleeping to electrified sleeping. Each sleeping behavior is triggered by your own sleep behavior, with special Pokemon appearing depending on different conditions of your phone, like if you sleep with your phone plugged in or not. Each Pokemon you find during your sleep will add points to your final sleep score in the morning. This sleep score can further be augmented in the daytime by feeding Snorlax, which increases Snorlax's drowsy power that attracts more Pokemon to sleep near your Snorlax. However, it's unclear if the digital food you give Snorlax is locked behind predatory microtransactions or not. I'm going to take a wild swing and say probably. At the end of the day, Pokemon Sleep looks to be a neat little way to gamify going to bed, which could actually help kids and even adults get slightly better rest. Alright, it's Friday, and yeah, we had a short week this week, but what stopped you from leaving a review? We don't have any new ones this week, but I'd love a new one to read here on Fridays next week. So head on over to Apple Podcasts, Audible, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Podchaser, and Amazon, and let us know what you think of the show. All right, with it being Friday, let's check out some of the biggest stories from this week in gaming with the Friday Replay. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, 
a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Over the last month, there have been multiple reports from indie game developers that Valve has been rejecting AI-made games. Valve has specifically been sending out rejection letters detailing why they have barred certain AI-made games. According to Valve, they are rejecting these games because the developers didn't disclose the datasets they used to train their AI. If the developers can prove that they own all of the IP rights for the AI training datasets, Valve will continue the process of putting the game on Steam. In a statement to GamesIndustry.biz, Valve clarified that this strict review process is not an extension of their opinions on AI-generated material. It's simply to fall in line with U.S. copyright law and avoid any potential legal disputes. Valve also clarified that it's working on making their review policies more concise and easier to follow regarding AI-made games. Lastly, Valve will be offering refunds to developers on their submission fees if they were rejected due to AI-made game assets. Since it wasn't made clear till now that Valve was making changes to how AI game assets would be evaluated. Overall, Valve is continuing to make good decisions here regarding new game development technology. The legal battle between Apple and Epic Games just keeps going like the Energizer Bunny. To recap the last three years quickly, back in 2020, Epic Games sued Apple for anti-competitive practices. Epic sued because Apple removed the mobile version of Fortnite from their App Store because Epic started selling V-Bucks directly in the app instead of facilitating the transaction through Apple's storefront in order to circumvent the 30% cut that Apple takes with every transaction on their App Store. In 2021, a California judge denied 9 out of the 10 claims Epic levied against Apple, with the final ruling coming down that Apple must allow application developers to use alternative payment methods. This ruling has been appealed once with the Ninth Circuit, upholding the previous ruling, and another appeal was rejected by the Ninth Circuit last week, leaving the very last option for both Apple and Epic to appeal this court ruling, the Supreme Court. And it looks like Apple is doing just that, filing their appeal yesterday morning specifically asking the Supreme Court to overrule the original decision, which would yet again allow Apple to force developers to use the Apple App Store as the one and only channel for in-app purchases on Apple devices. And given the horrible state of the Supreme Court, if Apple can come up with enough money, which shouldn't 
be hard for them. They have a pretty good shot at overturning this decision. Diablo 4 has been out officially for a month now and has been a success for Activision Blizzard, amassing $666 million within the first five days of sales. Thanks for that cute metric, Blizzard. And is probably well over the billion mark by now. Unlike its predecessor, the server issues at launch were actually pretty unremarkable. Complaints from the player base have mostly been about game balance and a slow end game loop, so pretty normal complaints for every. ARPG. The real controversy surrounding Diablo 4, if you want to call it that, is the satanic panic the series causes with literally every release. This time around, Diablo 4's marketing came under fire by one Christian in Melbourne, Australia, who complained to the city of Melbourne about a billboard that depicted Diablo 4's Lilith. The billboard also had Welcome to Hell Melbourne, and I guess those two things really offended this Christian, who continued their complaint detailing how Lilith's horned figure is inappropriate for children and claiming that the billboard caused their children to have nightmares. The complaint finishes with, quote, It's scary for young children who see it, but even as an adult, it brought back memories of the hell of two years of lockdowns in Melbourne. Which really begs the question, how bad was the pandemic in Australia? Look, if Lilith reminds you of the pandemic, you probably need therapy. Thankfully, the complaint was dismissed by the Ad Standards Community Panel in Australia. The panel found that the Diablo 4 billboard is, quote, not dissimilar to other well-known characters such as Disney's Maleficent. Weird analogy, but you know what? I'll take it. The panel also compares Lilith to Melbourne's own football team, the Demons, who make similar advertisements all the time, which solidifies the panel's point that the Diablo 4 billboard is just not offensive. Overall, games like Diablo will always see some form of satanic panic, despite much of the game being rooted in Christian lore. I mean, come on, the demons are the bad guys. And honestly, this time around, it's really tame. When you have an entire generation starting to raise children who themselves were raised on Iron Maiden or Marilyn Manson, it's kind of hard to work up that same kind of moral panic. That, at least right now, seems to be reserved for the LGBTQI community. All right, well, that's it for today's episode of Let's Play. Sorry for the shorter Friday replay, but it was a pretty short week. Make sure to subscribe and come back on Monday for even more video game news. Follow us on TikTok at Let's Play Gaming News and leave us a podcast review on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Podcast Addict, CastBox, Podchaser, and Amazon. Story selection and writing by Aaron Pillen. You can follow him on Twitter at Lloyd underscore RNG. You can follow me on Twitter at Nate Benderama and catch me streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Limit Break Radio. My name's Nate Bender. Keep listening. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.